I'm Oprah Winfrey. Welcome to Super Soul Conversations, the podcast. I believe that one of the most valuable gifts you can give yourself is time. Taking time to be more fully present. Your journey to become more inspired and connected to the deeper world around us starts right now. My guest today, Byron Katie, author of A Thousand Names for Joy, Living in Harmony with the Way Things Are. And she's the founder of The Work, a process of inquiry from which she offers anybody who can learn to identify and question the thoughts that cause their suffering. Katie, everybody calls you, right? Yeah. I just want to say a few things about, because uh, everyone who is listening to this series, no doubt you understand that Eckhart Tolle says of Katie's work, that it is a great blessing for our planet, is how he describes it. It acts like a razor-sharp sword that cuts through illusions and enables you to know for yourself the timeless essence of your being. He goes on to call your book, Loving What Is, the key to knowing your natural state, which is joy, mm. peace, and love. Yes. That's a pretty good compliment yeah. coming yeah, from. He's, he's a dear friend. Yeah. He's a dear friend um, for everyone. You know what I found? Your work takes... The, the message that uh, Eckhart speaks of in A New Earth to the next level. It's yeah. about putting it in process yes. on a daily basis. It's like Eckhart is what and the work is how. Mm-hmm. And we've had these masters throughout the centuries and mm-hmm. centuries. And, but how do we do it? Mm-hmm. You know, it's, well, the work is how. Paint a picture for us. How old were you? What was going on in your life? I was 43 mm-hmm. when um, this experience happened to me. Okay. And, um, and I had been suffering just... Deep, deep, deep depression, suicidal mm. even, and agoraphobic. I couldn't leave my bedroom uh, often for uh, days and weeks other than just to go to the toilet. And wow. um, my hair would stick to me. It, 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 was, it, it was a horrible way to live. I was well over 200 pounds, and I was desperate. And, and later I found that simply it was the effect of believing my thoughts thinking the thoughts that that we're all thinking all the like, time mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like that like, run our lives mm-hmm. my Be- children don't respect me they they should mind me and it was that um, the world doesn't understand people really don't understand my suffering my pain and 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 you know on um, uh, victims are violent people I've mm-hmm. come to see really and I was uh, such a victim and therefore violent, full of this, this hatred turned rage, inward. Rage. 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 Right. So yeah. not even thinking yourself worthy, Katie, to sleep in a bed. You're sleeping on the floor. And mm-hmm. tell us what happened. Well, actually, as I lay asleep on the floor one morning, um, actually a cockroach crawled over my foot. And I opened my eyes. And in place of all that darkness was a joy that I just simply can't describe. But the thing that is really important that I realized is that when I believed my thoughts, I suffered. But when I question my thoughts, I don't suffer. And Mm. I've come to see that this is true for every human being. Tell us, were you a spiritual person Mm. before? I mean, during Mm. all of this depression and horrible times, was there a God that you believed in or a God that you felt 
badly that you didn't believe in. Yeah, there was a God I cursed. Mm -hmm. I really blamed God for my condition also, mm -hmm. <laughs> along with everyone and everything else. And um, I just came to see differently. I had no teacher. I didn't have a religion, nothing. Well, is it so mm -hmm. kind of like, I think, uh, Eckhart several weeks ago when we were doing our uh, A New Earth series and also in his book, A Power of Now, describes the moment where he says, I felt... I cannot live, I'm so miserable, I cannot live with myself yes. any longer. Yeah. And then I question, who is the I and who is the myself? Are mm -hmm. there two of us? Mm -hmm. Is that what you're describing? Well, it, it was, it was, it, it's, it's like that in hindsight. In hindsight, yes. it is. All right. Yeah. But, you know, there's, I've come to see that there's, there's, you know, one mind, as people say, and I've really come to realize that. And I've come to see also in that one mind that there are no new stressful thoughts. So if we, if we all, or just one, you know, I was always speaking to myself, yes. just questioned those stressful thoughts, it frees the mind up. So when we, when we question our thoughts, we don't suffer. When we believe our thoughts, we do. The stressful ones. The stressful ones. Because the, the ones like, I really care about you. Isn't this a wonderful world? I love seeing you. All these, all these thoughts. I love my children. Those thoughts are working for us. And who cares if they're, if they're true or not? They're working for us. If mm -hmm. you're in a wonderful dream, do you want someone to wake you up? No. no. But if you're in a nightmare... Don't you want someone to wake you up? Well, that's what this work is for. That's what the was work that, is for. Was the cockroach moment, um, Katie, was that what you call waking up to reality? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm talking to Byron Katie, author of Loving What Is. Let's go back. So you have the reality experience with the cockroach. You're there lying on the floor. And then what happens? The mind hit. The mind hit. And, and... In that moment, I saw that what I was believing, what I was being hit with was not true for me wow. because I had just had the experience that, uh -huh. that it wasn't. Uh -huh. and, um, and then in that moment, the world instantly happened. There were walls and ceilings and sky and floor and, and bed. you saw everything differently. Everything differently. What is it that you absolutely realized, mm. Katie, in that awakening moment? Mm on that floor. What is it that you absolutely realize that you could clarify for for our listeners? That I am whatever I believe me to be. And then when you question that, Oprah, it doesn't leave much. If it leaves anything at all, for me, it's gratitude and how can I help? It's gratitude and surface. And okay. But if you are whatever you believe yourself to be, then why couldn't you be also, the depressed person, the person who isn't good enough, the person who's never made it, the person who's not loved by her children, the person who's not been received because by... Because I can't believe the thoughts that are happening that tell me that. Mm -hmm. If someone said, Katie, you're worthless, mm -hmm. you know, I, I, I realize how painful it is to believe that about someone, yourself or, or anyone. So if someone says, Katie, I don't care about you. I just think, I hope they do better. I know how painful that is to see another human being as less than you see yourself. Okay. And if someone says, Katie, I, I love you. I think, oh my goodness, isn't that person doing well? They love 
they love. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's the highest standard for mm-hmm. a balanced mind. Did you question your sanity at all? Did you think, whoa? I would my, think. my family did, but yeah. I knew I knew what insanity was. And I knew I frightened people with this awakening. And so I've, um, I continued to learn balance. Mm-hmm. So you immediately started counseling people then? Because mm-hmm. who knew? Because well, you've been this depressed, agoraphobic yes. all this time. So why is anybody yeah. now coming to your door? Well, it was such a radical experience. It was such a change that even my children didn't recognize me. And and um, so word of mouth happened, and I didn't know what it was. So um, people called, and... They said, can you help me? And I said, you know, I don't even know what this is, but what I can tell you is, you know, whatever it is, it's yours. And so actually people would come live with me. I thought maybe it was the air, the food, the, you know, I had no idea what it was. I had to find references as I went along and people gave me my references. Mm -hmm. So the work is called an inquiry. You call it the inquiry. Mm -hmm. When you were down there lying with the cockroach, Mm -hmm. did the four questions come to you then? It was automatic. I saw that nothing was true, and then I saw the mind hit, and I saw the mind believed it. Okay. And so that's... Okay, say that again, slowly. You saw that nothing was true? Yes. It's like nothing was true. Nothing was true? Nothing. No identification. Then the mind hit. Yeah. And I saw that the mind wasn't true. And I saw that people believed their thoughts, mm-hmm. but it simply wasn't true for me. That doesn't mean that it's not true for them. So the, the first four, the work is four questions and a turnaround. So the first question, you're believing, for example... Um, Let me turn in my book to the questions. Please. Okay. Go ahead. You, know, you go ahead. The first question is, is it true? For is example, true? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. For example, if, if I had the thought, um, he doesn't care about me. Right. The first question is, is it true? The second question, can I absolutely know that it's true he doesn't care about me? Mm -hmm. The third question, how do you react when you believe the thought he doesn't care about, he doesn't care about me? Well, the whole world is born out of that. You know, maybe I become angry or I become sad. Okay, so tell us how this worked with you first. You you are there are feeling depressed, miserable, Mm -hmm. distraught, all those things Mm -hmm. that many people have felt. Yes. And the question comes, is it true? Mm-hmm. Well, I would think mm-hmm. the answer would be for, you know, many people who have felt this themselves mm-hmm. and almost mm-hmm. anyone listening has, yeah, I am. I'm miserable. I'm pretty miserable. And that's an honest answer. And that's all That's all that's required is the willingness to answer the questions. That's okay. all. So the answer would be yes. And I say, uh, can you absolutely know that it's true that you are worthless? And they might answer yes again. Because the mind immediately is giving them all the proof and right. all the images. All right. That's how the mind works. Right. So, yes, so I'm the worthless, third, and yes, I know I'm worthless. Yes. And, and so how far, do you, I'm not doing so good. <laughs> yeah, so, so far. <laughs> and so the third question, how do you react when you believe the thought that you're worthless? Oh, and what makes happen- me feel even more worthless. Yes, that your stomach could, could rotate. Your, yes. You know, tears could happen. Yeah. Depression happens. Yes. And we, we become unkind and and we wonder what is the matter with us. You know, mm-hmm. I don't want to talk that way to people. I don't want to 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 hurt people. And and we're striking out. And then the mind, how we react how do we react when we think that thought? Mm-hmm. The mind attacks. 
and then it comes back and attacks you, and then guilt happens. Correct. And so it is this swerve. And how do I react when I believed the thought I compulsively overate? I drank. I smoked. All these addictions kicked in. Mm -hmm. All, you know, it's how we react when we believe these stressful thoughts. So then the fourth question, who would you be without that that thought? And then just to sit and get still and don't change anything. And and I invite all all the listeners to to just close their eyes and look at their life, just the way they live it. Mm-hmm. At the market, at home, doing the dishes, whatever it is, going to work, walking, to look back at their life only drop the thought. Who would you be without your story? Just to drop the thought and look at your life. And you see. Like um yes, because you, in many in almost every situation, if not every situation, mm-hmm. it's not what is happening; it's what we tell ourselves or the thoughts that we have about what, what's happening. Yes, that make it whatever it is. Yes, that's right. And we can have all, all kinds of thoughts about it. It's do we believe them or not? Right. That's right. the key. Yeah. Right. So then I invite people after those four questions. May I read from from just mm-hmm. uh, a page? Uh, I don't know the page. Oh, it's page one. Um, a few basic principles in uh, loving what is, is you say, noticing when your thoughts argue with reality, the only time, I was underlined, the only time we suffer is when we believe a thought that argues with what is. When the mind is perfectly clear, what is, is what we want. And I wrote down, okay, what if someone is being really, really inappropriate? You're in a situation where... Something is happening and you don't want it to happen. You, you, you even go to the place where it's happening. I don't want it to happen. I'm not going to resist it. I'm going to accept what is. But it still isn't necessarily what you want. Well, I would say change it. Then With change all it. of your power, change it. Okay. Right here, right now, because that's the only opportunity you have. Okay. Right here, right now. So you change it. And if that doesn't work... Then open your mind and see a higher way. Okay. Because it, it's got to be. You also say, I'm a lover of what is, not because I'm a spiritual person, but because it hurts when I argue with reality. Yes. But I wonder if we if we take this approach, you say, when we stop opposing reality, action becomes simple, fluid, kind, and fearless. Yeah. I'm thinking though, if we don't oppose reality, when reality is something that we are opposed to, mm-hmm. we don't oppose it. Well, how rea- do we ever get anything done? Reality is the story of a past. Okay. How so? And we can change the past now. Okay. So reality is, so on um, the discussion we've just had right now mm-hmm. is the past. It's over. Gone. And it's reality. Yeah. So if something happened between us that we wanted to shift, we have the power to shift it now. Right now. Yes. And I've come to see that defense is the first act of war. So if I mm, if I one. if I shift, if I attempt to defense shift, defense is the first act of war. So yes. the moment you start to defend, you put yourself in the position of creating war. And Absolutely. who did it? I did. The oh. moment I defended. Okay. So we can discuss any shift, or I can discuss any shift. Like, I can give you my experience. I can give you my education, my educated view, if, if one happens to be there on the, on, the top, uh-huh. on the topic. And that's all I've got. Uh-huh. That's what I've got. My wisdom, okay. my experience. 
Um, is that to say that nothing is worthy of defense? Lots of things are worth defending. Defense is war. And I say all war belongs on paper. That's where it belongs. So we can look at it and question those thoughts we're believing. Okay, I got it. I just got the shift in. Because I was right. thinking when you said that, I'm working on this whole program to really shift the way our country looks at child abuse. And I was thinking, I'm defending the children. I'm defending the children. And even as you said that, I realized I'm really not trying to defend the children. I'm trying to protect them, which is different. Yes. And you're educating us. Shift. And you're shift, educating shift. them. I just had a shift. And that Excellent. if I try to defend them, that I will end up being a part of the war. Of the problem. The problem. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I and, can't and, have and, a war against anything. Yes. Yeah. That's how wars began. Yeah. Okay. You know, I got it. I'm going to defend my point of view. You got it. I got, I got that. So I want to actually do the work with you. But the other thing that I love that you present early on in Loving What Is, is about the, the, the three businesses. You say there's your business, mm -hmm. there's everybody else's business. And there's God, there's God's yes. business. Yes. And I just wanted to share that with, with you, the listener out there, because if you just get that, if you just got that from today's conversation, you could really, really tend to your business and leave other people's business alone. So powerful. If we, can you imagine if we all took care of our business? You just did your business. Mm -hmm. This is so interesting because there was something going on recently and my girlfriend, Gail, said, you need to call up this person and you need to talk to them and blah, blah, blah. And I got pulled into it, and I did, and I'm on the phone, and I'm telling this person what they should be doing. And just as I hung up the phone, I thought, this is going to come back to me, and it's not going to be good, and it's not going to be good because I now am in somebody else's business. I should stay in my own business and tend to, because that's the only business I have any control over. That's right. So there's your business everybody else's business and God's business. Yes. And if if any anyone feels lonely, separate, then ask yourself mentally, whose business are you in? And it can just bring you right back to where you really are. And that's where the change can take place. You say staying in your own business. I can find only three kinds of business in the universe, mine, yours, and God's. When I'm worried about earthquakes, floods, war, or when I will die, I'm in God's business. Do I know what's right for me? That is my only business. Let me work with that before I try to solve your problems for you. And isn't that a full-time job? Mm -hmm. That's a full-time yes. <laughs> job. Just to stay in your own business. All right. That's our message for today. Stay in your own business and out of other people's business. Mm -hmm. Mentally. Mentally. Yeah. yeah. When you first discovered the work, when you were able to come into this, that you were 200 pounds, mm -hmm. over 200 pounds, yes. and that you had been um, depressed and agoraphobic and really at rock bottom, yes. suicidal and all of those things. And then the cockroach rolled over your foot. You had the awakening. And since then, life has turned around for, me, for, for you. Radically. Ha radically. Yeah. And have you not suffered since that day? Not, not, not suffered, suffered since that day. And, and that was how long ago, Katie? That was 22 years ago. You have not suffered? I haven't experienced that. Well, you know, I'm very open to suffering, and I haven't experienced sadness, but I'm very open to sadness, mm -hmm. and I'm very open to anger. But you have to believe your stressful thoughts before you can experience those emotions. How do you define suffering? Um, it's sadness, resentment, anger. But, you know, I cry a lot. You have, know, I'm, I'm moved to tears. But by, not suffering. By not to the genuine. Place. No suffering. Have you it. not lost a loved one? 
Yes, I lost my mother Uh uh, a couple of years ago. And uh, did you not suffer? Well, I didn't. You didn't suffer. I didn't. How? Oh, it was. I'm so full of love. There's no room for it. My goodness, I I just I dropped my whole schedule and I went to live with her. She had pancreatic cancer, and I stayed with her. And my goodness, you know, I'm still waiting for her to die. When she died, I was holding her hand, looking directly into her eyes. And and she was there, and then she wasn't. And I continued to look directly into her eyes to see death, and it never happened. It was all in my mind. And because I don't mind death, I see death as a wonderful thing. I see life as a wonderful thing. So, uh, you know... When people are frightened of death, for when you example, say it wasn't there, she, she you said she'd gone though she disappeared. She not dis, she disappeared. She was there and then she, she wasn't. wasn't. She was there and then she wasn't. Mind so. stopped identifying as that that human being was gone. Mm-hmm. And when a when a, a mind can no longer identify with a body, you know, when the mind says move, stand up, sit down, and the body won't do it, it quickly discovers its own game, and there's no way to identify any longer. So it's everything. So if you don't suffer, what do you do when you're feeling bad? You, well, you, you don't do you feel, feel badly? You don't, no, I don't feel badly. Oh, this In sounds so years. ridiculous. No, no, yes. no, it sounds great to me. Well, well you it know. like, I want some of that. You, you know. You feel badly? It, you don't have bad days? No, not yet. As not I say, I am years? wide open. No, 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 no. Okay, so what do you feel when you are not, are you joyous all the time? Well, there's a balance, and it, it isn't what people maybe would consider joy to be, like happy, 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 not happy. Not zippity-doo-dah. Yeah, kind of yeah. It's, and, and that happens also, but it's, it's, um, it's uh, there's a, a balance. Peace, a peace. A peace. A contentment. Yeah, yes, and self-realization, until it's lived, there's no power in it. It has to be lived, love lived, and... And I don't, there, there isn't anything more powerful well, than I that. Well, I love what you're saying, that the main reason you don't suffer ever is because... I don't believe my, my stressful thoughts. I don't believe the thoughts that used to stress me out. For example, on, on, back to my mother, when she died, like um, the, the work is for questions and a turnaround. After a person has questioned what they have believed, their stressful thoughts that they have believed, then, on, for example... They might think, first, oh, my mother died, my mother died, my mother died. Mm -hmm. But you question what you believe, and it's, my mother died. And it's a celebration. And you feel so connected. My mother died, I'm so sad. Turned around, my mother died. I am so happy for her. I'm so happy for me. Why would I be happy if my mother died? Well, let's look at that. If your mother has pancreatic cancer, why is she better off? Or the baby that dies, that we say they haven't lived out their life. Of course, they've lived out their life. That was their life from here to there. That was their life. It wasn't too late or too early. But I wanted it to be longer. And you lose. You know, there is And there so, is therefore, reality. I'm going to suffer because of that. That's right, because you're arguing with what is. Okay. Now, why, why is it a better thing that my mother died? She no longer suffers. She, um, I don't, I don't have to watch her suffer. Um, but I wanted her to be here with me. Well, there you have it. You know, it's, it's a totally selfish thing. It's like, don't die. It doesn't matter. I'm more comfortable when you live. That's, that's 
that is so egoic. And that and is it's what you very mean by painful. loving what is or being able to accept what is. Yes, no okay. matter what happens. Okay, okay. You know, I um, I was blind, so, so blind. I had um, uh, an eye disease, a Fuchs dystrophy, very painful disease. And I continued with a full schedule. I traveled all over the world. I fell down staircases, flights of stairs, bumped into walls. I, I had amazing experiences. But, um, and, and now I've got two cornea transplants. They said that couldn't happen. But my husband, Stephen, Stephen mm-hmm. Mitchell, he's a most amazing man. Right. He Googled until he found a way. And I was like the, the 40th um, cornea transplant pig. person. Yeah. yeah. And oh my goodness. And, and people say, are you going, have you rejected the transplants? And I said, I'm never going to to reject the transplants. They can reject me. I'm certainly not going to reject them, but they have a right to reject me. Everything has a right to its life. Okay. So you say in the beginning of loving what is that it is our thoughts about a given situation that causes us suffering when we label the situation. The thoughts we're believing. The thoughts that we're believing about Mm -hmm. the situation and that it is our resistance to whatever the moment is. Now, I actually was reading your book and had gotten, uh, was reading your book on a Thursday night and then had to do something all day Friday. And that evening, Friday evening, I started to get really, really, really sick. I mean, all of a sudden my body ached, Mm -hmm. my bone, I was sore, achy inside myself. So much so I didn't even think I was going to make it home and, you know, make it to bed. And uh, there was only my dogs in the house with me and security. I remember in the middle of the night being too tired to wake up to even, I was like mm. groggy and wanted to ask security to bring some water, but too tired to reach for the phone yes. to even say bring some water. Yeah. So I was really sick. Mm. And suddenly I had the thought after reading your book, I'm going to stop resisting being sick. I'm going to let it, I'm going to, because I'm trying not to be yes. sick. I'm in the middle of sick. Like, oh, I can't believe I was sick. I yeah. am I was so sick. I was so sick. I was sick. I suddenly had the thought or feeling then I'm going to release my resistance yes. to being sick. I'm going to yes. embrace it. I yes. said, I'm going to embrace it. Yeah. Makes me want to cry thinking about it. Yeah. I said, I'm going to embrace it yes. and see what happens. I fell asleep mm-hmm. and I woke up miraculously cured. It's, it is amazing to love what is. See, that's a description And I wouldn't have thought I would have been is. able to get out of bed yeah. in the next three days. I was yeah. thinking, how am I going to get to work? How am I going to fly back yeah. across country? How oh, am I, I have gonna... goosebumps. You, know, yes. you, you stopped arguing with reality. I and stopped fighting it's it. It's a magical world. And then if you get still and you go back and you look at, at how, how your body really was and you look back, was that pain? Was it really pain or was it, was it something else? In I fact, don't know what was it was. It I now don't know pleasant. what it was. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's like what we are calling sadness or, 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 you know, sadness. I invite people to question that. Is it sadness or is it love? And to get really still, are those feelings sadness or are they love, like when a loved one dies? And, and to get really honest about it, maybe it's love, maybe it's not sadness. When you learn to do the inquiry of the work, mm-hmm. which are the four questions, mm-hmm. is it true? Is it really mm-hmm. true? Um, the third one I forgot. How do you react? How what you happens react? to your life, your entire life, when you believe that thought? And the fourth I mean, one? who would you be without that thought? And then you turn it around. And then you turn it if around. If you apply that to everything in your life. Then you wake up. 
you wake up to reality, you wake up, you know, this is about the end of suffering. You know, Oprah, if you, if, if, if heaven were the most marvelous, marvelous place, everyone wants to go to heaven or people that do and believe in it. If you died and went to heaven where everything was perfect, there was no suffering, there was no sorrow, there was no, no misery. If you died and went to heaven and you took what you're believing to heaven with you, where would you be? Right. On earth. On earth. So I woke up and I discovered heaven. I'm in heaven and I am inviting everyone to it. And and I can't take you there. But people who answer these four questions and turn around and sit and get very still can take them there. One of the things you talk about in the book is the three businesses, your business, everybody else's business, and God's business. Most people, as you've said to us in previous weeks, are worried about their other people's business. Our daughters, our sons, hunger, war, you know, and we're mentally running the world and we're asleep to our own. Okay. Now, you you describe in Loving What Is, I know I wrote it down for myself because I was so struck by this. Now, where are my notes? Uh, when you were talking about your own daughter who was a uh, an addict mm-hmm. by her own words. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us about that? When you're waiting up for your daughter... Well, um, my amazing daughter uh, was full of resentment. I was so full of self-hatred, and I took it out on my children, and it was not an easy life for them, living with a mother that was so bitter. And um, when I had this experience, waking up to reality, Mm -hmm. um, I came to understand that my daughter was um, into drugs and alcohol. Mm -hmm. I just bought her a brand new gorgeous car. And here she is. I'm seeing this, you know, drinking alcoholically and driving. But um, she would leave and um, and I would wait up for her. And Oprah, I would sit and in a, a chair like this, and I would imagine her dead on the highway. I would imagine her raped. I would imagine her right. her killing other human beings. I would imagine her in the car rolled over out. We lived in the desert and rolled over with screaming for help and no one there. Right. It was all in my imaginations with all of the images and all of the just as strong as they could possibly be. Living in your imagination, sitting there, imagining, is she dead? Is she going to harm somebody else? Is it, or, uh, that's when you were suffering. So in your imagination. No, I, I never suffered. You didn't suffer I was then. sitting there waiting to see what was true, the difference between reality and fantasy. Okay. Until human beings get the difference between reality and sanity, there's not going to be any peace. Now, what you say in Loving What He Is is that all the things you've just shared with her, I'm a mother, I bought her the car, I'm responsible, I should take her car from her. Uh, she'll drive while she's drunk, she'll kill somebody, she'll crash into another car. As the thoughts appeared, and each one would be met with wordless, thoughtless inquiry. Yes. And inquiry, instantly, inquiry, meaning the four questions. Yes. Is it true? Uh, brought me back to reality. Here is what was true. Woman sitting in chair, waiting for her beloved daughter. Yes. That's the only thing that was real. That's all that was real. And so for you who are listening... Um, if you can separate from your thoughts, be the awareness of your thoughts. Or and see reckon- what is true and what is not. What is true and what is not. Yeah. yeah. Well, how do we, if we are, you know, for most people, as I said at the beginning of this, is that most people are searching for ways to, you know, be in other people's business. And their biggest concerns are what other people mm-hmm. are doing 
to them? Mm-hmm. How do you get away from, and I've had this issue uh, that I'll share with you. Um, for me, uh, and lots of people I think have this issue, when you're the person in your family who makes the most money or the person who's been yes. the most successful, people have a tendency to look at you mm-hmm. as a bank. Mm-hmm. All right? I call it honest yeses and honest noes. All right. So if some, someone said, it, it, it's like if, if I'm Oprah, for example, hypothetically, yes. what would those people, what, what do those people say? So just be all of them rolled into one mm-hmm. and let's have a conversation. Okay. All right. So I have, uh, I, would, I, want, I want to borrow some money mm-hmm. from you. You know, thank you for asking. And no. Oh, well, then that ended it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, that's it. That's not generally the way it goes. Like, I, let's have that conversation. Okay. I can't believe I can't believe with all that you have, and you're helping other people all the time. That you won't give me a hundred thousand dollars. I know it just sounds nuts, doesn't it? But it feels right to me. Well, all I'm asking for is a hundred thousand dollars, and you have it. You have it. That's true. I do. I do. And I want some of it. I know. I know. Okay, never mind. End of conversation. Oh, my gosh. See, it goes back to defense is the first act of war. Okay. It's because I'm defending it. Yes, like you don't have a right to... You shoulds and you shoulds and you shoulds and can't you believe and haven't I done enough? And that is war and it belongs on paper. It, It To question it, then it just leaves love. But all I was experiencing is is... They're, they have a problem. I don't. I mean, that's really I have done what kind. I thought was the kind yes. thing. Yeah. And, and I should right be enough. It. Well, it is enough. But if you, if you continue to say yes, you train them to come back. Yes, absolutely. And it's like, uh, why do they do it? Well, you continue to say yes. And then guilt, because you're not living out of your heart. Mm-hmm. I love the example you used in the book where the woman said, my husband... You know, I hate my husband. She said, I don't want to have sex with my husband. My husband's, uh, my husband's a loser. My husband's all of these things. And in the beginning, when you first started asking her, she said, yeah, he is a loser. Yeah, in her opinion. And then the mind gives her all of the proof, all of the images, compares him with other men, etc., and she turns her off. That's no kind of sex life. Right. But if she thinks, if she questions it and turns it around... You know, and then to see what is as true or truer, not to change a person's mind. That's not what the work is about, but to realize what is as true or truer, to enlighten the mind. Okay. She says, even his breathing makes me ill. I want to leave him because of his breathing. I hate his breathing. Well, in some cases, when somebody says, you know, my husband's a loser or they're taking advantage of me, Mm -hmm. um, this person uh, doesn't respect me or doesn't, doesn't, you know, value me. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that is true. Well, if I thought another person should value me, then I've got a trouble. I've got a problem. You know, people can't value me if they don't. Can you value someone when you don't? It's not possible. No. So we question what we're believing about that person. I can't say that there are people that are in my family. I feel that there are people in my family who don't respect me. Okay, is that true? Yeah, that is true. Okay. So how do you react when you believe the thought, people in my family do not respect me? It makes me angry. It makes me resent them. It makes me not want to talk to them. It makes me want to push back. It makes me not feel uh, loving. It makes me want to avoid them. It makes me all of those things. Yes. And who would you be without the thought, my family doesn't respect me? 
would I, I mean, be? imagine yourself with them. Imagine yourself. But I know. I've um, seen it too many times. Well, I'm not asking you not to believe it. Okay. I'm simply asking you just for a moment yeah. to witness who, what that who would would be. you would be I without would be a the thought they don't respect me. Okay. I would be different. Yes. And they would be entitled to their own opinion. They could respect who, I mean, they have a right to not respect or to respect. Yeah. People and you would be aware of that. Who would you be without the thought they don't respect me? And so let's turn it around. Turn they don't around. respect me. Yes. What's the opposite? I don't respect them. Yes. Look how you're not respecting them. How so? Well, if they don't respect you, you're not respecting it. How respectful is that? Huh? Like if 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 you don't respect me, yes, and I don't respect that. If uh -huh. I don't respect that you don't respect me, then I'm then not I... respecting you. Okay, I got it. Epiphany, I got that. So if you don't respect me, if you're going to take advantage of me, and I... How could... No one can take advantage of me. No one can. That's not possible. Okay. I mean, when they came to you for money, who said yes? And who did you disrespect? Oh, uh, let's see. Who did I disrespect? <laughs> <laughs> that would be you. Yeah. I disrespected myself? Yes. I disrespected myself you, by giving them the money? You didn't want to. Okay. All right. All right. It was disrespectful to both of you and... To give them the money. Of, yes, because okay. you didn't mean it. Okay. You're trying... You know, we, we, we try to... We, we do it thinking our guilt is going to be less, but our resentment builds. No, we do it thinking not that our guilt's going to be less. Well, maybe we do. I haven't thought about it long <laughs> enough. Maybe you do it thinking maybe this time will be... This will be it. So whether it's $50 or $500... It doesn't matter. It's disrespectful for me... Yes. ...to give money to people... When it's not honest for you. When it's not honest for you. And, 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 and to give, give them money to, you know, as though if I give them this, it'll be over. Yes. You know, because that's, that is, that's a, you're, you're living out of, you're living a secret life and, and that's painful. Yeah. You know, I would say, I, I will give you this and this is the last time I'm giving you money. And, um, and see, I couldn't even say that because it may not be. But I say, I'm giving you this and it is my hope that it is the last time you'll ask me for money again. Uh -huh, uh -huh. And, um, and then the next time they come back, if I still feel, um, not to give them the money, then I say, I care about you. And no. And no. See, I, no has two parts. You, we tell them the, the truth and then the no. It's like, I care about you. I see that, that you may be in trouble. I really hear that you need it. And I have to tell you, no. Well, this is what's great about the inquiry because I, you know, hearing you talk this way, because in reading it, I was thinking, well, gosh, you're just going to walk around in peace with yourself all the time, no. saying yes to everybody oh, all the God. time. You know, and what good is integrity if it doesn't bring clarity? And clarity, you know, the truth is, it's, it's just, it's, oh my goodness, it's the truth that sets us free. Yes. Well, let's get back to this whole not taking advantage of, because I think, mm -hmm. you know, I think you rang a bell there. Yeah. How, uh, for how a can lot someone of take advantage of you? How is that possible? I don't know. I'm thinking about yeah, that. It's I not. Think there are lots of people who feel taken advantage of. There they definitely feel, are. They Victims. feel used. Victims. They feel that people, you know, use them. Yes. And there are a lot of, and I had this for many years of my life, I, I can say I don't have this anymore, is this whole desire to please everybody. Mm -hmm. You're trying to please, trying to mm -hmm. please, trying to. Hopeless. Yes. That's a hopeless, hopeless. situation. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
And you it's think a, it's, that it's never enough that you give and you give and give and give and give and mm-hmm. it's never enough? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. So how, how is it possible that someone could take advantage of me? You know, if someone... If someone took their fist and 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 like they, they they didn't like something I said and they and they just hit me as hard as they could and I knocked me clear against a wall. Yes, I began to laugh. Why? Why would I'm you not laugh? crazy anymore? It's over. That is a state of grace. They hit me and it's over. Of course, I'm grateful. It's over. Now here is where the pain begins. Gosh, you're a different soul. The the mind begins to think they shouldn't have done that. How dare they do that? That's right. And the mind shows the hit over and over and over. It's like he hit me once, but I use in his name to suffer. I mm-hmm. I use that that image hits of him hitting me and all of a sudden I'm a victim and oh and oh and then I get then you the world to it in agree. Your mind. He hit me, he hit me, he hit me. And I get the world to agree that this is a terrible thing and no one stops to consider it's over. over. And if he hits me again, it's over. If he hits me again, it's over. And eventually, I'm out the door. As soon as I can get to the door, he so or you're she, not saying then take the abuse. Oh no! It, it, it's like if 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 I'm just shocked and he hit me, then um, then I need to do something about that. And uh, you know, do I want to live with someone who is going to hit another human being that way? So if I stay, the next time he hits me, he didn't hit me. I hit me. It's like his job is to hit. That's a man or a woman who hits people. That's his job. Everything has its job. Everything has its job. His job is to hit women, if we use, like, a, a male in this case. Yes. And, um, and if you and, stay. And if I stay, I can no longer say he hit me and act shocked and surprised. I mean, he's doing his job. You know, the dog bites. Okay. Some dogs do. Some dogs do. This dog bites. So he hits me. I'm not shocked or surprised. I hit me at that point. But then we go out into the world and we say, he hit me, he hit me. And we all agree the world is a terrible place to live. We're not taking responsibility for mm-hmm. our own, our own self. And so the, the clearer we get as we question what we believe about life and people and ourselves, the clearer we get, the kinder we become. And, if a and man, it's so is it always, always about you? Me? Always, always. It's always about always, me. It's always. never about the other person. It cannot be. It cannot be. It cannot be. So people who are pissing us off. <laughs> we have to look to ourselves. It's always about us. If we're going to get free, the we have always, <laughs> always, 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 always. Yeah. And so we should, all the, I was going to say, you ask yourself the four questions. Remind yes. us again. Is yes. it true? Is it true? Can you absolutely know that it's true? How do you react when you believe that thought? What happens? The fourth question, who would you be without that thought? And then turn the concept that you're inquiring of around and find opposites to see what is as true or truer. And just to notice, is the concept that you're dealing with, is it peaceful or is it stressful? And if it's stressful, then I and my job is to invite the world to the work. And the work, again, has no power. It is each of us individually. It is our power in our own answers. You're saying that because that it's not, you're not some guru who's saying that oh, my work is my the answer. goodness, I'm still working on me. You're saying that the work has the power as it is applied by each person. As it is, as it is applied by each of us, okay. yes, each person. But you know what I think, though, for for many people who are new to this kind of thinking— 
And even for myself, when I first started reading uh, Loving What Is and I hear about not resisting the moment, I understand that in in a certain context. And then I think about, as an African-American growing up in uh, the United States at a time when there was a whole group of people, civil rights leaders and people whose names made the history books and did not, who made it possible for me to be where I am, to sit where I am today. And had they not resisted the injustices, had they not fought against uh, what was the what was considered the, the norm, you know, I wouldn't be here, nor would there have been progress or success. So how do you and explain or define that? It's so slow. Mm-hmm. Even though it appears fast, it's, you know, in our lifetime, it's so slow. Right. You know, I say faster. You know, the work mm-hmm. is for people in a hurry, you know, for people suffering that mm-hmm. are in a hurry. And, mm-hmm. and, and yes, that's true. It's the best we had going for us on this planet. Right. But it is ready. It's, you know, this is a whole other paradigm that we are stepping into. And basically, as we believe our thoughts, we are going to fight, and that is slow. You know, can you imagine a world that is so ancient that they still kill each other? Yeah. Where they still hate each other? Well, you know, it's, it's for me, that's an ancient world, and we're all just kind of just moving on to what Evolving works. from that. Evolving from that. But yes, those minds, and yes... That courage, you know, that's they got was us necessary here. for the time. Absolutely. And you're saying this is a different time and a different way yeah. of reacting. Yes. Yeah. You know, you know, I have to tell you, Oprah, I I one of the one of the most moving things I've ever seen in my life was I watched you not long ago. You were you were facing there. There was a crowd. It looked like all around you, and you had your arm in the air, and you said, "I am a free woman." Oh, and you turned behind you and you said, "I am a free woman," and I. It was it just rang from my head to my toe. That's our birthright as a human being: freedom. But you know, I was in I was in a very large uh, prison. Um, one day when I was there working with these men, a man started screaming, and he screamed and he screamed, and it set everyone, many other men, off screaming. But he was screaming because he was shut in a cell with his head. Mm. And when you believe your thoughts, you are you are that's hell. And right. and you put a Buddhist monk in there and you shut the door. He says, thank you. Mm, yeah, I got but that. But this man that you lock up, you know, it's, I'm a terrible human being. I did it wrong. Well, There's no hope for me. Uh, no one understands. That is hell. I got that epiphany just then. Because, right, there's only him in the cell with himself. Yes. And he's screaming. Yes. My because he's look- left alone with his own mind. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then don't... Do, do do you believe that some people deserve punishment for the Absolutely things that they do? Absolutely not. Oh, my goodness. You know, no one would hurt, harm another human being if they were not confused. No one would kill another human being if they were not believing their thoughts. If someone walked up and, you know, if someone... Well, well this, this is just radical. This is so radical. How, how are we... What are we going to do with the prisons and all those people who are well, hiring people? Well, you know, I say um, that if they questioned what they believe, then they're re- rehabilitated. And then when they come out, they're different human beings. Okay. 
but you do believe that they have to be incarcerated someplace. Well, absolutely. If I hurt you and I hurt someone else and I hurt someone else, have you ever hurt someone? You know how that feels? Yes. My goodness, stop me. If you love me, stop me. Yes. Lock me up. Yes. Because it hurts me to harm another human right. being. Right. I, it's, it's mercy. Yeah. But then give me some way to deal with my mind so that I don't do it again. Mm-hmm. And that way is self-realization, God-realization, and the work is... It, it's, it is the way to wake up. And you're saying that self-realization, not live, doesn't mean a thing. It's just a bunch of goo-goo-gaga it, stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So incarcerate, but in the process of incarceration, do allow them to do the work. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Very simple. Very simple. Thank you, Byron Katie. Oh, you're so welcome. These moments Unlike together. anybody I know, you not only see the glass mm-hmm. uh, half full, you see it overflowing. Mm-hmm. Well, the universe is friendly, and I invite people not to believe me, but to test it for themselves. Thank you. What a joy. You're welcome. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to Super Soul Conversations, the podcast. You can follow Super Soul on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Super Soul Conversation. Thank you for listening.